the best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. How, how would you argue if Johnny Sexton was to go and win a World Cup with Ireland and lead them to it that he wouldn't be the greatest? Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Right, Jenny Claffey is with us to talk tennis. The uh, the birth, the full unveiling of new superstars, kind of as we predicted uh, at the start of the tournament. Um, Alcaraz, he the man, and Schwantek, she the woman. Yes, they are definitely the two stars of the future of the tennis game. Exciting to see two new names and big stars winning the title and quite convincingly winning the title both of them um, we saw obviously Alcaraz had a, had a relatively not easy match against Rude, but he had much tougher matches in, in the rounds before that we've been talking about him for a while now and he is going to be the star of the men's game Strantec we know a little bit more about this is her third Grand Slam so we know that and she's the world number one so we know that she has the potential but these are going to be the names and lights for the next few years definitely Alcaraz came through three five setters before the final which is um, yeah it's Great for uh, prime time, everybody getting to know him. You know, it's good for the brand. Uh, if any, like, it's an amazing way to win, to come through those. Yeah, to have those tough matches definitely shows his his character, you know, and his grit and his strength, his resilience to, to win three back to back five setters. And he played all of his matches on on Ash on that centre court, um, and he played under the lights as well. So he was he was playing his last match against TFO until three o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah, and then had to try and recover with the day only between that and the final. I mean, he's he's something else. This guy, he's a special special player. It's like the sport knew that they needed to turn him into a superstar, so they're like, look, we're just going to make sure that you're scheduled for the peak viewing hours. Well, maybe three o'clock in the morning isn't people doing hours. Everybody giving up on it at that stage. But what is it about his game that makes him so set for the hard courts? What, like, what is his talent set compared to kind of some of the other greats? Well, just his game, his game on general, any surface. But he, he just. You can, it's hard to fault him you know he's got this sheer power that he can play with his forehand and his serve he can really like just create this amazing racket head speed through through his shots you know it's, his backhand is very solid like looking comparing him to Rude last night in the final you know he was much more um, solid off the backhand side than Rude he's able to play with drop shots he serves in volleys he serves in volleys at the most random times it's it's amazing that he has this you know his tactical awareness um, unlike any other player that we've seen he kind of can c- compare him a little bit more to Roger Federer as opposed to Nadal, even though he is he is Spanish, right? Um, on the hard court, the way it, it suits his game because he can be a little bit more aggressive and he plays very aggressively and he doesn't let his opponents in. Like he's up on top of that baseline, playing real aggressive game style. And where does the game evolve for him then? Because obviously, like you know, we, we look back at um, the nineteen-year-olds. We were talking earlier. Um, uh, Sampras similar age when he won but like the 19 year old Rafa versus the 30 year old Rafa or even the 19 year old Roger Federer versus the 27 year old Federer so like there's, there's much more still to come Yeah his, his coach Juan Carlos Ferrer was saying that he feels like he's only at 60% of his ability at the moment so that's kind of a scary thought that he's only 19 he's already the world number one and he's won a Grand Slam what is the future going to hold for him I think in looking at his game overall he needs to improve a little bit his return of serve um, I think his serve in general could actually improve as well he plays kind of percentage serves so he doesn't go for the lines as much or go for as much power as you might see some of the other players he uses the body serve very effectively because he can back that up with his massive forehand um, and I think yeah his kind of mo- maturity on the court like tactically he could improve and structure his points a little bit better because he can't always be that showman and play those five set matches that's just not going to be well, I was going to say the athleticism is obviously there as well at the moment um, that allows him to do that uh, so who what kind of a challenge did um, Rudd put up for him 
not really a huge one I thought like if you look and look at the sets like the first set he wasn't really challenged at all Alcaraz by Rude he broke serve um, relatively early on then just held his serve quite easily he kind of had a bit of a blip in the second set Alcaraz he, he switched off mentally he looked maybe a little bit tired as we mentioned you know he played three five set matches late into the night and um, that kind of showed in the second set but he got it back together in the third Rude had his chances in, in the third set he had uh, two set points so it could have been a different match but I think Alcaraz always had it in him that he was going to win this match um, and it looked like he was the likely winner the whole time We were also talking about this a bit earlier on about the Wimbledon situation and, and um, neither of these two Schwantek or Alcaraz were super competitive I think Alcaraz was okay in the early rounds but never quite reached the, the situation um, where he, we thought he was going to win it uh, was there anything behind that? Was it just like they're better hardcore players at the moment in their careers? Well, the the grass is always a tricky transition for the players, you know, coming from clay court onto the grass court. It's always uh, very different. It plays a lot faster than a clay court, than a clay court does. The points are a lot quicker. Um, Alcaraz just couldn't get his footing right, it seemed, his footwork right, and that's such a big part of his game. He moves unbelievably well. He's probably one of the best movers in, in the game. Um, and as you mentioned, athleticism, it just didn't come to form in, in Wimbledon. And then Shiantic, yeah, she didn't have a great Wimbledon either. Again, she she was saying that the surface was a bit of an issue for her, and she her again she's an amazing mover. She wasn't able to get into the match with her her footwork and into position that she needed to. And um, I think on the hard court though that transition Alcaraz definitely suits the hard court even more than Shiontek's game does. Whereas Shiontek is definitely more of a, a clay court kind of a player where she likes to build up the points and then goes takes her time and then pulls the pulls the trigger and goes for the winner whereas Alcaraz plays hot tennis from the very first shot of the rally for just a question about Rube for what does he need to do now because obviously we've seen him in two Grand Slam finals both of them not been all that impressive and it seems to me he gets goes on a run gets to that point and then just slips off is it an experience thing is it a mentality thing or is it just that his game isn't at the same level as some of the other players yeah tough two losses for him this year I mean the first one against Nadal nobody had Rude as, as the favourite whereas last night he, you know he went into that match we could say 50-50 you know the chances for him to win it um, he had been there before so he had the experience there but I think it's his game maybe faltered a little bit uh, in those two finals especially looking at last night's one um, his backhand let him down a little bit he wasn't serving as well as, as he could like in the first set he had less than 50% for a serve which is really poor in the men's side like they need to be serving well and up in the 70s you know to be holding serve so I think there may be and not, not necessarily a belief I don't think it's necessarily a belief because he really did think he was going to win that last night so I think it does come back to his game and the way he structures the way he uh, tactically his his points trying to play on that forehand a lot becomes very predictable for players so players are able to read how he's going to play and um, I think it's going to they're going to have to go back to the drawing room and, and improve a few things as I mentioned the backhand and his serve as well So who is most likely to emerge from that uh, group to be Alcaraz's main challenger over the next while? It doesn't sound like you think Rude is is ahead of, say... Is it Sinner or any of those other guys? I think, yeah, like the likes of Sinner and Rublev, if they make a few adjustments to their games, they could be, and Zverev, as we've, we know him, and um, Team, who's injured at the moment. Like those guys, we've been talking about them as being the next gen. And then Alcaraz just came kind of out of nowhere last year, and he's now the next hot shot. Um, I think, yeah, some of the guys are going to have to adjust their players, their games to play against the likes of Alcaraz because Alcaraz can just do anything from anywhere on the court. So it does sound like you think he can be competitive on grass at Wimbledon. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, definitely. He, I think he'd only played like three matches or three tournaments on grass ever before Wimbledon this year. So I think he just needs experience. I mean, as you said, he's only 19. But also on that note, I'd love to see Djokovic and Alcaraz 
playing over the next two or three years when Djokovic, if he gets back to, to playing the tournament. Is he, is he going to be able to play Australia? Mm, not based on that. This year is... And maybe not American next year either. So it's literally only France and Wimbledon. Yeah, and then even at the other, the Masters tournaments yeah. and whatnot, I'd love to see them competing because I think that's going to give Djokovic a bit of fire in his belly like that he's not done yet and Alcaraz is, is the next up and coming. So that'll be some spicy matches, I think. And Nadal's injuries, we were talking about this too earlier, if like you would expect if he is going to be competitive it'll be in Australia and then really it'll be in Paris next year yeah I, I reckon he's going to have a layoff now for the winter season and, and maybe not compete too much in the hard court um, this kind of time up and coming time and leave his his competitive uh, matches until Australia and as you said the French Open I think with the injuries he's had and his wife's expecting a baby you know the, his priorities may shift over the coming months years so hopefully this is not the end for Nadal but uh I still think he'll remain competitive, but he just won't be featuring a huge amount. Okay, what kind of a tournament did Schwantek have? Just looking here, she dropped a couple of sets, but was never really in danger of losing any matches. She had a very kind of ropey start to the the US Open. She came in with not great form. I think her best result since winning the French Open in May was a quarterfinal. So she hasn't got much form coming into coming into the US Open, and she didn't look comfortable. I, I felt in the first few rounds in the US Open, um, she doesn't really like New York. She said she was saying that she doesn't like the noise and the buzz that it creates there. She's given out about the balls. The, I know. <laughs> Yeah, the men and women play with different balls. And that's crazy. That yeah, is. That, that does is, sound ridiculous. That is. Yeah, that's crazy. But um, so she was kind of given out about that. But she played two tournaments before the US Open to get used to that. So I mean, that you know that shouldn't really be an issue. Um, other than the bigger issue of them playing with different balls. Uh, and then she got challenged. She had, like I said, two, three set matches coming into this final. And um, her semi-final, she was challenged by Sabalenka. She was four-two down in the third set. Okay, right. So she turned that one around, which was uh, a big deal. And also, she came from the two matches. She was in three sets. She was. She lost the first set it's a great sign of a champion that she's able to figure it out and find a way to win those matches and we saw her play her best match I think in the final against Shabur she just was a different player to the player we saw for the previous two weeks playing very aggressively from the very get-go like she won the first three games in eight minutes it's just phenomenal stuff um, but amazing for her to be able to win having not played her best throughout the tournament so the, the ceiling for her with the three Grand Slams won at the age of 21 is obviously you know, anything is possible. She could go on and dominate the sport. But we've also seen um, people who get that successful early struggle a little bit um, over the last number of years in particular. Is that because the pressure to be the next Serena is so great? Like We were trying to speculate earlier on about how the three lads together seem to drive each other on. Yeah. Um, whereas it seems to have been kind of, everybody's been slightly under the shadow of Serena in the women's game so you reach a high you get put up on a pedestal and then it's very difficult to maintain that I mean these are obviously pop psychology theories here yeah. so uh, either indulge them or shoot them down Yeah well I think with Svantec she has shown that she is dominant in, as the world number one she's backed up a Grand Slam win this year which you know that is a sign of, of a champion and that's the first time that's happened in the last six years in the women's game so you can see there's been such a topsy-turvy yeah. uh, sign in the women's game over the last few years since Williams has kind of not been dominating I think it's taken it's going to take a few years like and it has obviously in the last few years taken a few years for us to get that champion um, I think Shantek is going to be that and she's going to remain in that pole position 
Uh, she's not going to be challenged. Uh, well, sorry, I don't think she's going to be challenged a huge amount um, next year. Maybe by Jabir, maybe by Ribikina, who won Wimbledon this year. Those hard hitters, but she's able to play against any game style. So she's able to figure it out in the moment, and that's something that she alluded to in her press conferences during the tournament was that you know she felt like she, she was very proud of herself because she was able to work it out on the match court against the different game styles, and when she was had her back against the wall. So that's she's really like showing her her dominance. I think. This this year by backing that up. In terms of the footwork that you were talking about a little bit earlier on around Wimbledon, is that teachable? I mean, obviously it's teachable, but how teachable is it, I guess? The footwork yeah. for her in general? No, just specifically the things that she needs to get better at to be someone who could maybe do a Grand Slam. Um, a year. Yeah, the calendar slam. Yeah. Yeah, that's just more time on the grass court. I think she didn't, after the French Open last year, she didn't play in any tournament before Wimbledon, so she had no practice. Right. So it's going to just take some time you know, playing some of those um, run-up tournaments for Wellington or just getting a little bit more time on the grass. Um, and is that like sitting down at the start of the year and mapping out your course and deciding actually something ridiculous like trying to do the calendar slam? I can do that now because I'm like, I, you know, she yeah. has that. Like she yeah. has the, is there a freedom that comes from being as successful as she is now at this age that will allow her to maybe not just show up at random tournament to win it for whatever, you know, points or any of that kind of stuff? Well, there's always going to be the expectation that she she's going to put on herself, but also that others will put on herself, being the well number one that she's going to turn up and win those tournaments. But yeah, they normally lay out their t- tournament schedule at the start of the year, and will if she thinks she could win the calendar slam, will try and pick the tournaments, you know, pick and choose basically. Yeah, because like it he, seems like an oversight now in retrospect not to have played it. Uh, Eastbourne or somewhere yes. before Wimbledon. Birmingham, yeah, yeah. Now that we look back, hindsight, yeah. But looking forward, if she wants to win Wimbledon, she may have to play on those those tournaments, like the as you mentioned, Bournemouth or Birmingham. Those tournaments that are are before um, Wimbledon, just to get a bit more time. But then if she wins the French Open, you know, those tournaments are straight after that. So there's a, there's that question of do we take a a bit of time off or do you go yeah. straight into that grass court season? Yeah, um, and look, maybe. Maybe it's ridiculous. Maybe she'll win two majors every year and one of them won't be Wimbledon and she'll have an amazing career at the end where she looks back and goes, oh, I won 20 majors, you know? I still think she'll win. She'll win in Wimbledon. I think her dominance is, is there to, to win all four on any surface. She can play on any surface. She's, we all in the beginning were saying, oh, she had this amazing match streak on clay courts. But then could she convert that to the hard courts, which plays much faster? And she's just shown she can. So in Australia, is on hard court as well. So it'll be interesting to see who's going to put it up to her in Australia. Um, what's the rest of the season like for for these guys now? Is it um there's a bit of a layoff now, and then they they go into the the winter indoor hardcourt season, and then they have the final championships at the end of the year where the top eight players come together and play against each other. Um, so we'll see then who ends up as as the that's basically one. a money fight, right? Completely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I often wonder, like, um, as as a an aficionado as someone who understands the level of tennis being played do they reach the same levels in those competitions as they do in the majors are they playing as well it's always hard to compare to those the Grand Slams because that is where it's at and that's what you're remembered for as a tennis player is the Grand Slam wins and you've seen over the years like players winning those end of year tournaments and nobody really remembers them for it yeah as you said it's almost a little bit more exhibition like those tournaments as opposed to the Grand Slams which is as you said where it really counts yeah so you do. Do they, do they hit the ball as hard? They still go out and do play. They chase it down as hard. Of course they do. Like I they mean, do, yeah. yeah, that's in you as an athlete to win. You know that will to win. You can't turn that off. But there may be more, even more trick shots played and whatnot. Yeah. I'm saying that, but that's not necessarily the case. They all want to win. There's a lot of money on the line. Yeah, 
So the motivation is similar um, and the standard is the same, so we should tune in. Yes, absolutely, definitely, yes. All right, well, that makes sense. Uh, so all in all, not a bad tennis season. No, we've seen a lot of uh, highs and lows and the, and the guard is changing in the men's game now, so it's exciting for the future of tennis. Yeah, because well, if you think about like um, the last two weeks in the build-up were completely overshadowed by the fact that uh, in vogue, Serena was like, OK, I'm yeah. done, officially it's over. And now it's kind of like, well, OK, fair enough. We kind of knew you were finished anyway. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that was it. Yeah. And if, if none of the other three in the men's were to ever win a Grand Slam again, we've had a good time. Yeah, we've seen a well, lot I'd of them. Say that. goodbye to them too. Oh, would you think so? I think so, yeah. I don't oh, think it's the end though. <clears throat> well, I'd love to see Alcaraz smash Djokovic a couple of times over the next couple of years. So would I. There you go. I think we'd all yes. pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, Jenny, thanks very much. Thank you, guys. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 